Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Yeah, welcome to the Rush Hour. Gus, Jude and Wendell, follow us on our socials at Rush Hour Triple M. Monday afternoon, Jude Bolton, how you doing? Mate, going well. Amazing weekend over there with a bit of the family and then also... uh, had uh, Lewis Roberts Thompson's 40th, an ex-teammate uh, yeah. from the Swannies. It was uh, good to catch up with a few of the lads. So. Beautiful, mate. You don't miss an opportunity. Plus, we had the Triple M Christmas party exactly. Friday, Friday night, night. which we you, came, you yeah, were there to Came the... in pretty hot to that. It was great. So Well played. How you going, Del? It's good, mate. It's good. <laughs> really Little, enjoyed it. No, enjoyed Friday night. But, look, I'm just, you know, Christmas parties, I'm just... I like getting them done early, just getting them out of the way. Yeah, tick the box. Yeah, tick the box. It I was good, mate. So you're in a lot of photos. Yeah. Uh, you seem to be enjoying yourself. First hour's a bit slow, but, when, you know, it's hard when the big Dell's just trying to relax and, and wants a photo with him, so he just gets into it. How's Gus Wallen steps into the oh, Triple yeah. M Christmas party, has a oh. photo at the photo booth, and yep. pretty much walked out. Like, it was like one U-turn. I know. Like, Norm- normally like, there's a front and the back hello. entrance. I normally walk in the front and straight out the back. Believe me, I've got you for life Christmas party at yeah. North Sydney after, I was at that Christmas party less I thought, than the I, time I thought, that I was I at the you Triple just M one. dusted and came out. No, like I basically I took, fly by. No, took, yeah. Did the photo, had a bit of a conversation, <laughs> oh, but you're right. With um, the bosses there, the bosses, oh, Rex and all that. You talked to Rex and all the boys. I'm not sure Rex if Morris. I talked to Rex or yeah, not. Our boss, yeah, you did. You did. Spoke to a couple of people in <laughs> sales and marketing, which I enjoy their company, <laughs> and then I was out of there. But yeah. uh, let's talk about Penrith to get its very own beach. This summer. Oh, please. Yeah, Penrith locals will have a new place to cool down this summer. Basically, Penrith Lake has been turned into its own beach. They're bussing uh, or, or, or bringing in um, sand. From where? Hang on, there's sand. From all over. Oh, there's sand already there, surely. There is some sand already there, but they need more to make it a proper, proper beach. Yeah. And the proper car parking, the whole bit. So you can now go and have the beach experience in Penrith. How good's that? It's terrific. Yeah. Big summer got... coming up, so you can just, rather than having to go to Bondi or anywhere else, you can have your own Bondi in Western Sydney. Sensational. And they've converted that, that sort of former quarry site next yeah. to the Penn River there. So and all for free awesome. as well. All oh, for mate. free. So it's not like going to Bondi, one of the beaches on the northern beach, where it costs you, you know, fifteen bucks an hour unless yeah. you got the oh. local permit. Yeah, I don't know if that. I don't know if that's going to make me happy. The Pean River. It's going. It's always hot out there anyway. Like and mate, anywhere you can just cool off, brother. Love yeah. it. Is absolute gold. And this week, unfortunately, the real sadness comes because we haven't got uh, Jingle Dells anymore, oh, which was yeah. obviously Dell. <laughs> Singing yeah. Christmas carols. Can't, However, mate, he can't yeah. ruin any more Christmas carols than he did last week. Yeah. Something very, very positive is happening. What? Every single caller on the show this week will get one of these. We're giving the hands away again, every like we caller. did all those years ago. Every caller on air every caller. will give themselves a ham. All thanks to our oh. mates at the meat. Uh, the Meat Man Wholesale Meats in Norellan. That's so, crazy. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. People are calling already. You're calling too early, but we know how excited you are because we're giving away hams and it's a perfect time to stick it in the fridge or stick it in the freezer and get it nice and ready <laughs> for Christmas Day. Let's do a sports all-in. Yeah, and as I said off the top, Steve Smith confirms his availability for the Sixers for the season opener. He played a couple of games last year, remember? It was Absolutely. a bit of a kerfuffle trying to get him to play, wasn't it, last time? Well, they wouldn't no, let him play initially, him. and then eventually he did play and did a fantastic job, got some big hundreds and, and got the job done for the Sixers. In the second T20 in the Who Cares 
T20 tournament over there in India because they're all weekend at Bernie's. They're either back here or they're still drunk. Um, Australia got beaten by 44 runs by the Indians. No one cares, Jude. No, I love cricket more than anyone. I don't care. So Stoinis got a few runs, but the, we, Who our cares? bowling was a bit ragged, wasn't it? Or well, not? mate, it was basically a couple of B teams playing each other after the, you know, the huge, well, disappointment for India and the huge excitement for us, which is why we're all still on the drink. Italy beat Australia in the Davis Cup final, their first title in 47 years. Sinner stepped up, didn't he? Yeah, against Demonor, got it done. He's, uh, he's been in great form, Sinner. So. Yeah, he beat uh, Djokovic in the semi final. So good on Italy, their first title in 47 years. Do we hold the Davis Cup like it used to be? No, it's we not. don't. No, it's a whole, the whole it's gone. format and system. It's gone. It should is... be scrapped. Well, oh. either scrap or just bring a straight bigger back. Too much history to scrap it. Bring it back to how it was. Yeah. Oh, actually, right. give it give it what it deserves, which is you know over a hundred years of actually pretty good tennis for your country, where you're normally out there doing it as an individual. Mac Verstappen, Ooh. nineteen wins in twenty two. No wins for your guy, your man, yeah, Lewis, Lewis Hamilton, yeah. last year or this year. Yeah, he's just yeah, it's been a bit tough. That's okay. He's uh, an absolute gun. Still has yeah. won more than anyone else. Yeah, that's right. Um, Schumacher oh, second, and Verstappen's an absolute. He's the he's. Mm. He's the daddy. Uh, three Premier League defeats Ooh. in a row for Tottenham. Here we go. It's... You blokes all pumping, you know, Ange up and look, what's going he on He won now? three Manager of the Month yeah, awards now, as well. He's now, had three losses in a row because he hasn't yeah, got the troops. Yeah. He had injuries and suspension. Well, so he needs to have a bit more money given to him so he can get that squad a bit deeper. But also play a bit more defensively as well. Like they're, they're oh, you're, you're, you're telling him how to I, play now, I are you? So. Good I, on you, Jude. Yeah, Arsenal, with your, all your experience. Yeah. And Arsenal owns North London at the moment. So they're up and sit on the top of the table oh, no after one likes Arsenal, City mate. and Liverpool tied. Yeah. No so. one likes Arsenal. Uh, and well done the last month of last year. You did great. <laughs> uh, former England soccerist football manager Terry Venables, obviously a legend in the, in the mm. game, has died age 80, everyone is basically hand on heart saying that guy was an absolute trooper and a legend. Real sad one. Absolutely. I mean, uh, gave, gave so much to, to football all across the world. So, yeah. Yeah, absolute ripper. Phil Hughes died today, nine years ago. The anniversary Crazy. of nine years. Mm. How Jeez. quickly has that gone? Jeez, just remember it like yesterday. Just yeah. like how it happened and oh, heartbreaking. Much oh. loved by yeah. all his teammates and mm. opposition. And, of course, they've changed the helmet because of that. Um, because of that yeah. death that day. So, you know, some good came out of that. But, of course, you know, went way too Tragic. young. And mm. we send our uh, condolences out to the family and friends and the cricket community. The AFLW, we have a grand final, Jude. North Melbourne versus the Lions. Uh, North Melbourne got the job done in a really tight one against Adelaide. And uh, the Lions got over the Cats. So that'll, you know, finish off a, a really good season for, for both clubs. So it'll be Where do you see, see the AFLW? Improvement in terms of skill Much, set? Yeah, improved this year in a big way. So all teams are a little bit more competitive and... Uh, yeah, I think it's it's just shown it's taken its a development to another level. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, Western Sydney Wanderers got the job done in the derby in the A League one nil. One nil in the derby. Bit of intensity there. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was very feisty. Curtis is uh, one of our social producers here. Is a one of those mad pork, wanderer. Mad wanderers. Absolute pork chops. Yeah, well, I'm sending his photo yeah. to the police for his oh, behaviour oh, on the weekend. Mm. Uh, and NRL news coming out out after five. We'll talk all things rugby league because there's so much to talk about there. We're asking you, how did it get shut down off the back of this uh, private secret rave in Bondi? Over a 1,000 people were there over the weekend at Ben Buckley Point, North Bondi, about 4.20. Ben Buckler. Sorry, what did I say? Buckley. Ben Buckley. Be- yeah, uh, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> ben Buckler. Do we know Ben? Ben? Yeah. No. No? <laughs> no. Uh, at about 4.20 p.m. after receiving reports from council about the unauthorised event, 1,000 people pumping out the music was going off. Oh. Everyone was having a great time, gear off, having a drink and stuff. 
was friend of Pommy mate this morning. He said he was he was in the water and he could just hear it all just rolling. It was just the tunes were charging. Carefree wow. ravers dancing to music played by an open air DJ as rain fell at the lookout point. The cops got called and they had to shut it down because it was unauthorised and it's an illegal event and uh, no arrests were made. Everyone was dispersed. So at 4.20 they were asked to shut it down. At 9 o'clock everyone was gone. So they had another five, nearly another five hours. Yeah, well, yeah, we're about to turn it off. Yeah, yeah. Come soon, back. Come soon. back. Yeah, soon, soon. You get the, you get the multiple calls back. To, exactly to right. And eventually, yep, no problem. We want to end it now anyway. Um, when I look around this studio and I think of people having a party that needed police turning up and being shut down, I look at you, Jude Bolton, a, uh, on multiple, multiple times. No, one one particular story. We had a, a lock-in at a pub uh, years ago. <laughs> oh, I loved, used to love the lock-ins where you just, you know, yeah. close all the doors, just a mm. tight group keeps going and has a few drinks, <laughs> you know. Anyway, and um, a few guys were behind the bar actually, you know, playing music across all the speakers in the pub and we're just, you know, pouring drinks and things like that. And uh, some brains trust has pressed the button underneath the underneath the bar. Oh. And that's is that a the, silent silent alarm? The hold up button, yes. The silent alarm. Um oh. so a plain clothes policeman, policewoman actually, turned up uh, at the pub. You didn't think she was a stripper, did you? No. <laughs> No, no. Oh, no, sorry. I thought no. it was going a different. Was going and different. Uh, yeah. let's just say we had to move venues pretty soon after that. But there was might have been some choice words. We'd, yep. This is not a lock in. <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah. So it, did she come sort of all guns blazing, thinking that you guys were, or did she work it out pretty quick? Uh, you were a bunch of idiots. Well, I think she did, but yeah. it was more like it stops right now. Like yeah. It's not move on. Thank you, gentlemen. Yes. You've all had enough. Thank yes. you very much. Give us a call one triple three five three. Every caller that gets put to air this week will be awarded a Christmas ham. Thanks to our mates at the Meat Man Wholesale Meats, Norellan. How did you get it shut down, Bryce? You got yourself a ham. Tell us your story about when it got shut down, brother. Hey boys, how are we? Good, Good mate. Nice. Yeah, mate. We had a buck show. We were on a bus. It was a party bus. It would have been twenty of us or so. Uh, we've been to a few pubs beforehand, and we went up the Hunter Valley to the winery. Yeah. Um, it was a warm day, and there was a construction site going on there, and one of the boys decides to get the roll of black plastic and the hose reel and got in the cleaner's room and got the the liquid, the dishwashing liquid and that, and <laughs> decided to make a slip and slide down the hills in, through, through the grapes. Oh, the winery. oh, no. With the hose reel going, anyway, they called the cops. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, we got moved on very quickly. You, you got a couple that. of slides down, though, didn't you, Bryce? Oh, mate, I've got a couple down in my undies, yeah. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's yeah, a nice sight. I can imagine yeah, Bryce, what that looks sounds like. Sounds like a loose human, yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Steve. How are you, Steve? Hey, guys. How are you doing, mate? How'd the party get shut down? Uh, well, the neighbours, they were about four streets away, so they weren't really neighbours, but they're having a Diwali party, which is the Indian thing where they just blare music out for hours and hours on end. <laughs> yep. And uh, it got real late, so I thought, I've got to go down and knock on the door. And I knocked on the door, and they wouldn't answer. So I decided to go around the side of the house and turn their electricity off, which was pretty mean. But then I thought, well, they've made me get out get out of the house and go out. So I turned their water off just for good measure. Oh, oh. no. You yes, did the double. Did. Hang on. It's oh, like a festival, of, festival of lights oh. and you turn the electricity Steve. off. Oh, mate. Steve. Well, let's go to Mick. Mick, how you going, buddy? Yeah, no, g'day. Go how are you? Love the show. Thanks, Thank you, mate. Mick. Tell us, mate, how did the party get shut down? Well, it was my brother's 21st and I'd had a few sherbets. I'd been drinking all morning with him. There was about 90 people there. Mm. And... um. 
yeah, when I get a bit of alcohol in me, it doesn't work too well, fellas. So I decided a fun thing to do was uh, let's do a nudie run. Yeah. So I've taken off up the side of his house, straight out onto the main drag, and yeah, would you believe I went straight in front of a police car? Oh, no. Ran out. That's the first car that no. came past. It was the first car, guys, and it was one of the um, Volkswagen vans at the time. Oh, yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. I remember those. Oh, I just caught a glimpse. <laughs> I just caught a glimpse of the blue and white checkers and I'd automatically done a U-bolt to head back to the house. Yeah. And there was about three or four coppers in it, two in the back, two in the front. One of them was a big, um, he was an acting senior sergeant. Mm. And this female copper, she was only a probie, but Jesus, she could play footy anywhere, guys. Oh. She picked picked me up, she dumped me, handcuffed me, all in one move. Mm. And on the front lawn, and the old senior sergeant just went in and said, party's over, you've got to leave. My brother was not happy. We're talking about 7.30 at night, guys. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, well, what, what, for the so did you ever end up dating the girl that <laughs> no. sort of tackled yeah. you or anything? Nothing? Anything? I couldn't even look her in the eye when they got me back to the station. Oh, got fair play, brother. Yeah. I hope she put on a great tackle anyway. Yeah, she's so. like streaking she did. through the quad. Yeah. Thank you very much for all the calls we couldn't get to as well. When you're talking about comedy gold and comedy royalty... None better than this man. As you can see, we've had our eye on you for some time now, Mr. Anderson. Yes, it's amazing we haven't had this fella on sooner. We need a successful comedian on this show. He's hard to get, though. He's toured the country constantly since 1997 with his shows, winning award after award. He's been nominated for a Gold Logie, won multiple GQ Man of the Year awards, and has appeared on the country's biggest shows, including Good News Week, The Project, and the ABC's most successful show, Gruen. While we've got him, let's ask him what he thinks of that ad that goes, Total Tools! Please welcome to the Rush Hour, Will Anderson. Will Anderson. You're looking at me, Gus, like, you mean this guy in his shorts and his cut-off top? Where he's like, this is not even a proper cut-off top. This is like one that I've hacked with my own scissors. because like the- I've never understood the cut-off hoodie. Mate, You've obviously got a little bit of warmth for yeah. the ears and then just got the arms out. You, mate, sun's out, guns out. That's but, it. like, sometimes you need a little bit of protection. And <laughs> yeah. mine are only mini guns. They're tiny little guns. They're not really guns. They're water pistols. When you've got Del in the room. When I'm in this room, yeah, I'm really mess, readjusted. I went around Del. the room looking for someone I had better biceps and I could not find one single person. <laughs> you are the funniest man in the room and you normally are wherever you go. The What You Talk About World Tour is completely <laughs> oh, improvised. Don't know if you can say it oh, like yeah. that. You're not allowed to say don't it. Don't know if you can say it like that. <laughs> Talking about. The I feel like you've gone a little far back in time the way you've said that. <laughs> what you talking about, Will? We yeah, can just yeah, say it like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, let's <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you, and yeah. I take my headphones off, go straight to HR. Uh, do not go past go. Do Don't lie to the listeners. This is Triple M. There is no HR department. <laughs> oh, trust me. Trust me, there is. He knows. He knows. <laughs> so, mate, this is completely improvised. Completely what are, what, what improvised. are you doing to yourself? Putting yourself under pressure? Nah, it's the like best. That. Honestly, it is the absolute best these shows like um because we're creating something bespoke it's for the room it's for the room that night like these days when you can watch you know comedians from all over the world i mean i've got like specials on tv you can go to abc ivy you can watch like my last touring show for free right but you're not there in the room and you're watching something that everybody else is watching a million people have watched that thing right yeah they've all watched that exact same thing but in their living room not part of what I love about comedy the most, and the reason that I've always kept doing it, is I love being in the room with the crowd. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more fun than making up a show that is just for that crowd mm-hmm. on that night and no one else ever gets to see it again. That's to me, is like it's my favourite 
mm. thing to do in comedy. So I just talk to the audience and everyone has an interesting thing to tell you. Mm. And if you ask the right questions, then it turns Unpack into it. a... Sometimes it's just you've got to get to the right question, yeah. right? Like I was talking to this couple who were cleaning Airbnbs and you think, not a lot of comedy, in it. like cleaners at Airbnbs, but I'm doing my best. I'm trying to find it. And then I, I got the right question. I was like, oh, what's the weirdest thing that someone has left in the room, mm. right? That was the question. That yeah. was the key that unlocked it because they were like, oh, like their eyes lit up. You well, suddenly you knew they had like a list of things. <laughs> yeah. They were like, oh, remember last weekend? And this was up in Byron Bay. They said, remember last weekend where that couple left that full bottle of lube and that butt plug? Oh. <laughs> and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to have to cancel the other people I was going to talk to because <laughs> this is all I want to talk about for the next 45 minutes because <laughs> what I love is that that is a tough lost and found call, isn't it? Yeah. Like no. if you've left that you'd never, you'd oh, never yeah. make it. I just want to come back and I've yeah. just got something to pick up. Yeah. Just a personal <laughs> item. It's a personal you item. It was next anything, to the bed. Anything around the house just when we left? Did you find anything? <laughs> oh, do you want the lube? Or do you... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've had the podcast with Charlie, uh, Charlie Clouston and that sort of stuff for years. I mean, it was a, a tribute to uh, Russell, Russell Crowe, Crow, wasn't it? So it's called TOFOP, T-O-F-O-P. It's the, like, here's the thing. We're from a time where... So when podcasting started, it was enough to just have a podcast. Like people ask us, what, what's the podcast about? I'm like, just nothing. Having it. Yeah, it's yeah. like it was just that we had a podcast. Like you, you needed to explain to people what a podcast was in the first place. <laughs> mm. And we thought you needed to have the name podcast in the name of your podcast. So the name of the <laughs> podcast was 30-odd foot of podcast. Oh, that was the yeah. name of the podcast, yeah. right, after Russell, Russell Crowe's band, band yeah. 30-odd foot of grunts. But the thing I always loved about this is the thing that people don't talk about when it comes to Russell's band because Russell had a long career in music. People don't know this, but mm. he was Russ LaRock. Uh, that was his really? name in New Zealand with a Q, like Russ LaRock with a Q, yeah. and like had a pop career, came over here, huge actor as well, right? Mm. Has this band, 30-odd foot of grunts, but then he changes the name of the band. People don't remember this. Mm. Do you remember when he changed the name of the band to The Ordinary Fear of God? No. No. Yes. No. Yes, which is also Tofog. No. He, like, kept the initials Tofog. <laughs> he went from 30-odd foot of grunts to The Ordinary Fear of God. Kept oh, Tofog. Mate. He's like, that's my branding. I'm going to change the name of the band. And I was so into the fact that he had done that that I thought, let's call the podcast Tofop as a tribute to Russell Crowe. Should, should they have changed the, the lead singer? Moment, should they have changed the lead singer or not? No. Well, this is what I love about Russell. I was sad that he hasn't kept doing that. I would have loved that every six months to two years he changes a lineup and comes up with another anagram. Yeah. Fills out the toe fog, right? I tell, I, he's not a great singer. No, he's Russell. not. He's oh, not. come on. He's no. a good actor. Yeah, he's a great that's actor. Right. You know what he's good at acting like? He should try acting like a good singer. Right? <laughs> I mean, that it, he is one of the greatest actors of all time. He's a fantastic actor. Maybe the actor. problem is that he's singing and he's not a great singer, but if he tried to act yes. like a great yes. singer, he'd be a better singer. Yeah, yeah. You bring such good energy. It's love having you back in here at Triple M. And mm. thank you so much for joining us, Sasaba. As we said, the tour, December 2nd at the Comedy Store in Moore Park. Outstanding. It will be absolutely chock-a-block, you'd imagine. Will, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you very much Cheers, for having well. me. Thanks, thanks, brother. Well. You're the man. Jude Bolton. Over to you, my friend. Yeah, well, guys, uh, my daughter does gymnastics um, and she does it with one of her close friends. They've loved gymnastics for a while. And um, so the girl is she's uh, great friends with, we're really close friends with uh, the, her parents and they live around the corner. So catch up with Rich and um, Amanda a lot. Anyway, we're, I was at gymnastics the other week uh, picking them up and the, the coach speaks to all these girls and says, oh, by the way, you can let your parents know that um, – 
there's an opportunity to billet out the Danish national uh, gymnastics performance team. They're wow. coming out like, you know, 19, 20-year-olds. And, you know, it, I had a little bit of that sort of opinion. I was like, oh, this, this is quite interesting. And uh, <laughs> you're, you're building another place out the back for another couple <laughs> of bedrooms. <laughs> so, uh, but we're doing renovations. So I, I sort of quickly sort of put a line through it. I can't, yeah, we can't take people in during this period. But my mate Rich has uh, obviously had to think about that and <laughs> yeah. said, well, what a great experience for, you know, his daughter to see Oh, that. yeah, no, that's what Rich is thinking for I, sure. I think he's probably thinking it's like the, the European au pair coming to, to stay. <laughs> or, so, or, or maybe two of them. Or two of them. <laughs> so he's a little bit excited. He's a little bit excited <laughs> about them coming to stay for four days. Anyway, we're catching up for a few drinks with a few other parents yesterday. And um, his wife, Amanda, was there and, and Rich wasn't there, but he's coming a bit later. And she goes, they're arriving today. And What, the, and the I, Danish the Danish gymnastics uh, team? Yeah. So, and they've got a, they're going to be arriving at our house, the two of them. But she found out that it was Johan and Nils <laughs> were turning up. <laughs> and so <laughs> like, I said, hey. does he know that? They're, they're guys are yeah. coming to stay. Yeah. He goes, she goes, no, I think oh, he's going to get a shock. So yeah. she, she knows that she hasn't knows. told him. And I go, That's gold. we're running with this. So all the parents know. And I go and see him at the bar. He's getting a drink. He's getting, I think oh, he's, 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 he's having oh, a drink at the bar. Mate. And I walk in before he goes to meet the other parents. I go, when are those Danish bombshells turning up? <laughs> Just to keep it going. And he goes, Oh, look, I, I don't want to talk it up too much, but I think they're coming this afternoon. And, you know, yeah. anyway, he comes and sits down with all the parents. <laughs> and we go, it's, it's happening this afternoon. Is it? Yeah, yeah, they've moved, they're, they're coming in for the next four days. And um, his wife goes, Yeah, so Nils and Johan, and you could see him sort of just shift a bit like, yeah. Johan's a bit of a different name yeah. for, for a, for a, for a girl. Just, yeah. Um, yeah. And no, 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 they're 19 year old. Adonis, you know, yeah. ripped athletes. Oh. So then Amanda's like, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to have to take the the chamois out, the little square, and say, if you want to go for a swim outside, here's your, here's your towel. Of course. <laughs> we do nude yoga in the morning. He would have been shattered. Absolutely well shattered. Done. See well how done. it can turn back <laughs> on you <laughs> so badly. What's your mate's name again? Uh, Rich. He's Rich, a champion. You're a champion. You deserve that, mate. <laughs> I like him, mate. Um, what about this? Earplugs for Sydney's uh, Western Harbour Tunnel in and around that area at Balmain. They are going to be basically uh, all the way through the night, Monday to Friday, 6 till 6 on a Saturday. They're resting on a Sunday, but they're basically building that tunnel. Now, the government over the last week or so have been dropping this four-page pamphlet into local residents basically saying, you better get some earplugs because oh. we are literally going to be tunnelling and we're not stopping and it's going to really affect you and it's going to affect your sleep and it's going to affect a whole lot of other stuff. To reduce noise pollution um, due to the 24-hour tunnelling, get yourself some, uh, some earplugs. They've also said that if you uh, can perhaps go a little bit higher, or away from, you know, your bedroom, away from the mm. walls. Take your bed away from the walls or sleep at the other end of the house, not where the road is. What? Four-page <laughs> pamphlet basically telling you your life for the next year <laughs> or so is going to be turned upside down because of this tunnelling. What do you reckon oh, about that? Pretty ordinary. Pretty ordinary that they It's ordinary, but it's, a it's, for, swing, though, it's for the greater good. Yeah.
Was for the greater good, I suppose. They include background noise music such as fans. Put on a fan. Uh, put on television, put a bit of music to help reduce the ground-born noise and use earplugs, roll tightly and insert it correctly as this can greatly reduce noise. Well, thanks for the tip, government. I think we know all that sort of stuff, but people would like to sleep in their own house without mm. getting basically tunnelled. along. Yeah, yeah getting true. hammered and yeah. so forth. In saying that, like you say, the greater good. <laughs> yeah. They'd like to sleep in their own bed without getting hammered. <laughs> is, that, is that right, Gus? Without okay. the hammering. Oh, oh, okay. Well, even that's not sorry. probably good. Yeah. Sorry, I just you know what I mean. I know. I yeah. know exactly what you mean. The part of the tunnel that's already been done, the Rose uh, Rosedale Exchange from mm. Iron Cove Bridge to the Anzac Bridge, only took three minutes today for Nikki, our producer. She said sometimes this takes twenty five up to an hour, mm. and there's no toll on that either. So a lot of people weren't using it today, thinking they were going to get slapped with a big toll. There is no toll. How good? So get involved and use that. So that's the other side to it. I suppose. That's it. That's a positive if you don't side live to it. Greater good, as you mentioned. Yes, but that's it. If you don't live in the Rosedale and Balmain area, mm. we don't care. There'll be some cranky. There'll be some people. And my brother lives in Balmain, so Steve. Unlucky brother, you've had it good all your life, so it's about time you had a bit of hardship. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that little bit of pressure up there on the salary cap at the Broncos meant that Kurt Capewell is going to set to sign a three-year deal with the Warriors just to keep a few of these young guns. He's been a wonderful player for a couple of clubs now, Dell. Yeah, goodbye for the Warriors too. But, like, um, it's one of those things where you know what you're getting with Kurt Capewell. You know, he's obviously a good utility. Um, you know, he's obviously played origin football. Um, you know, you know, premiership uh, player as well. So, um, it, mate, he's going to be a good buy for the Warriors. Perfect uh, feeling for them, especially with Adam Fanil Blake going probably after next year. Mm. Dell, the former CEO of Rugby Australia, Hamish McLennan, has, says of Joseph Suali, the the criticism of him and the deal is crazy. Before he pulls on a jumper, he's generated over $50 million worth of publicity for rugby, and the first time he plays for the Waratahs in front of a full house, he pays for himself. It's a no-brainer. Do you agree? Ah, uh, look... Look, I'm not sure about the $50 million. I know what he's saying with clickbait and all the talk and that, but the pressure's going to be on, you know, Joseph Suili to play to play well. That pressure comes with that, but he'll be okay. Look, I don't. I think Hamish probably he hasn't got this right, but I understand what he's what he's trying to say. Um, yeah, it's. And I don't think they're going to have a full house at um, the Waratahs either because them days are gone, mate. You know. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, yeah. it's disappointing but, but the, how it used to be to what yeah, it is. But yeah. they could get it back again. Yeah, they're, stri- they're stripping it back now. They've obviously got a new setup there, but they're going to have to, you know, obviously do it again. Now, Broncos legend Corey Parker has urged the Red Hill Club to make superstar fullback Reese Walsh the highest paid player in the club. Can I say that you said this about six months ago? You yeah. Know, so he's jumped on the bandwagon there. But oh. you've been talking about making sure that the Broncos secure this guy for ages. Yeah, no, no, you're right. But I, look, once again, you're going to pay all these young blokes big money. You know, someone's going to have to go because you've got Carrigan, you've got Payne Hart. Well, that's why Cape Wall's going. Yeah, Adam Reynolds, them. I know. So look, man, I, I, just, I just know long term. Reese Walsh, he's going to be there for a long time, but also off the field too and what he generates. And I think that did the NRL thing last week, I saw the Telegraph, where he was number one. So, mm. you know, he would be worth that money, but, you know, players are going to have to go, as you've seen with um, Farmworth and um, uh, Tom Flegler. That's yeah. right, and Capewell now. Yes. And you're absolutely right. Like, his box yeah. office on and off. Yeah. Girls love him, families yes. love him. So, yeah. you know, the... Literally number number one most influential player in the game. Yeah. What about all-time try scorers from the NRL? Kevin, Kev, uh, Kevin Irvine, uh, 212. Billy Slater, 190. Alex Johnson still playing. Yep. Can't believe South wanted to get rid of him a couple of years yeah, ago. Right. He's only three tries behind Billy Slater. Do you think 
he'll end up being the all-time try scorer. He's got 13, uh, 13, 12, he's got 25 to go. Yeah, I can't see why not. He, he's just a class player. And if he's stayed in CS for a couple of years on the end of that back line, um, there's no doubt he could do that because he's going to get better. Um, Are you, you surprised know, he hasn't played as much rep footy as he should? Um, yeah, I suppose a couple of years ago, but... It's just one of those things where sometimes you can be so good at NRL level and just at that rep level, you just have to be given an opportunity. Yeah, he's yeah, been, hasn't really been given the opportunity, no, has he? No, but I, mean, I know he's played for his country, but you're, you're talking about origin and all that. Yeah, well, mm. if he plays origin for a couple of series, yeah, yeah, it's you right. know, if, yeah. for someone who knows his way to the try line, yeah. perhaps he could have proven himself at that level as for well. Sure. Now, Jonathan Thurston and Billy Slater are eligible to join Rugby League's Immortals, but Dean Ritchie and says others should be honoured before them, including the likes of Ron Coote, Brett Kenny, your thoughts, Del? Yeah, well, that's Dean Richie's opinion, and, and, and that's, I respect that. But like, I, I think for me, Ron Ron Coote certainly should be there. But I think Sterling, for me, Peter Sterling. Yeah. I know Brett Kenny was a wonderful player that kept Wally out for a long time, but I just think that Peter Sterling doesn't. We don't talk about Sterling enough in that sort of, um, I suppose, that, that immortal sort of chat. You know, yeah. uh, you know the the Lockyers and Al, even Alan Langer. Alan Langer should be in that chat as well. Yeah. yeah. And where do you, like, they'll get there eventually, right? Absolutely. Now Meninga got in the last batch and yeah, he's been retired not. a long time. Yeah. So because they're eligible doesn't necessarily mean they should go That's there. Right. Like yeah. Ron Coote. Yeah. How's he not there already? That's yeah. right. You know what I mean? So they'll Ron get Coote. there eventually. Yeah, you talk about Ron Coote and also you'll talk about Bradley Clyde as well, you know, coming yeah. through. Yeah. So there's so many. But and like, MG said this morning. Yeah, what did uh, MG say? He said um, the brick with eyes. Lazarus. Like yeah, everywhere yeah. he went, he won premierships, he captain sides. As a front and, rise, yeah, yeah. When you're having these discussions, they're all totally worthy, but, aren't but that's they? That's why exactly. we love rugby league, isn't it? Absolutely right. That's part of the deal. And we're talking crimes against fashion. This is what we're talking about here. Uh, apparently schoolies up in the Gold Coast still has been quite mild this year. Um, I said, oh, yeah, I've heard that. You I've know, heard a bit. Everyone's looking after each it's other. Good. There's been no sort of real dramas and stuff, so that's nice to hear. Yeah. Uh, there's a police superintendent um, called Peter Miles has been saying that the kids have been great looking after each other. Only 17 arrests in five days. That's pretty good. Which apparently is not a lot. And it's normally for just kids being a bit... Yeah. You know, getting my, ahead of themselves and maybe a few drinks. And mm. My nephew's in uh, Byron at the moment on school. There's so. a few in Byron. There's a few in uh, Fiji, Bali. So yeah. not everyone's up to schoolies. Yeah. But there's been a trend that has taken over schoolies this year, and it's Crocs. <sighs> a huge number of kids, particularly the boys, have been photographed partying on the streets and in nightclubs wearing Crocs. Young people have been spotted making out wearing Crocs. Some are wearing socks. With their Crocs. Mate, now, you've, you've brought this particular story to us because you wear Crocs. Yeah, you love and you Crocs. you like to think it's... They're so comfortable. I don't understand why you guys don't They're wear rotten, Crocs. mate. They're rotten. They look mate. rotten, mate. They look, they're so comfy, brother. So much better than thongs. You are fair dinkum. So much more comfortable. You're a toolie. Yeah. You want to be up at school, yeah. don't you? Like, that's, that's what right. you want to be. Keep going, In mate. In your Crocs. Keep going. What I'm saying is you guys are a little bit, bit, bit behind on this because there are... Tens of millions of pairs of Crocs sold every single year. Plus, Crocs are now got that many law suits out against companies that have been making Crocs that aren't Crocs, mm. cheaper versions and so forth, mm. because they're so popular. Mm. Simple fact is, guys, they're here to stay, so you better get on board. That's what I'm saying. But you're saying when I wear my Crocs in, whether it's jeans or shorts, that it's a crime against fashion. So that is, that's what I'd be phoning up with, one, triple, three, five, three. What about you? Clowns. What about you, Dell? Have you had any crimes against fashion? Oh, you- I've had a couple. Look, I was one of, I'm one of those guys back through the 80s and 90s where, you know, you go to the Blue Light Disco and stuff, and um, I used to, you know, the, the fluorescent uh, braces. 
So I was one of those guys in the country that went to because I was watching all those movies <laughs> like in the nineties, like yeah. Steve Urkel. Yeah, of. like the Steve Urkel, but but like all the R and B and the hip hop, they used to wear them a little bit, you know. And I thought, but I, I you feel had, that you can pretty much. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel that's, that's good. I know. I feel that you could pretty much get away with it though, because you're who you are, and you've got a bit of strut. I, and I know that, but you know, like back there in the country, it's back to the eighties and stuff. You had the overalls. At one I had stage. the overalls too. I see the overalls. Yeah, but. Did you have the overalls when you were a Bronco? Yeah, like I was like second year. You're not getting away with that back in Mackay. No, no, I'm not. But even at the Broncos, mate, the boys are just going, mate. Did you have anything underneath? Uh, Yeah, I started with a shirt and then like the sleeveless, and then I went no shirt underneath. So when when you're around mates, when you're around mates, you don't want to step the fashion up too much, and you don't want to dress down too much. It's got to be that nice grey area. Otherwise, people pick it up. What about you? I've I've worn like uh, I I copped it one day for wearing three quarter pants, and I'm just having good enough legs. Well, that's that's knickerbockers and that knickerbockers is called, don't they? But I'd been over to UK one time, and it was freezing cold, so I'd bought this big. Black trench coat. It was awesome over there in the UK, mm-hmm. and I wore it in Sydney. It was. It no. wasn't cold enough for it. <laughs> well, what about? And no, I was what, getting called Neo from the Matrix by the voice. It was embarrassing. <laughs> what about you wearing your, your daughter's or your wife's shirt? Sometimes they're yeah. so they're so small yes. and they're so tight. They're like painted on. Exactly. I, turn, I turned up to uh, pick up my daughters from school one day in. Basically pajamas, and my daughters never. No, exactly never right. Forgot. They're absolutely. Give us a call. Let's go to Aaron and Camden. What is your crime against fashion, brother? G'day, guys. How you doing, uh, Yeah, not bad, not bad. Well, it's not actually me. It's my daughter. Mm-hmm. She has a black and white striped T-shirt, which is horizontal striped, mm-hmm. black and white striped pants, which are uh, vertically striped, <laughs> and we call her the zebra. Yes. And for the life of me, I cannot work out why she loves this outfit. She's 10 years old. My six-year-old has a better Dress sense in her. Oh, hey, so Karen, stay on the line. Talk to our producer, Nikki. We're going to get you a Tronga Zoo family pass, mate. Beautiful. If she's called the zebra, you can go and see some zebras yeah. at Tronga Zoo. And thanks for listening and all the best to your daughter. Let's go to Philip in Canley Heights. Hey, Philip. Hey, boys. How are you How going? Uh, what's your crimes against fashion? Oh, my crime against fashion is me trying to fit in when I was uh, living in America. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so what happened? What did you do? Take us through it, mate. Yeah, so I was dressed in baggy and had my pants pretty much right against, um, like, below my waistline. Oh, like, yeah. the waist. Yeah, like, so low. <laughs> and, yeah, it's horrible. Butt, butt shouting, butt hanging that out. That was the thing, wasn't yeah, it? Was it, it was, the, was it the rappers back the in rappers the day? The rappers and, yeah, all the, you know, the skateboarders and all that sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and yeah. it looks really good on certain people. Yeah, some, yeah, some, not so much. <laughs> not well, so Adam, much on Philip. Let's Phillip. go to Adam. Adam, how are you going? Uh, good, thanks. How are you? Good. Well, Tell good, us your Adam. crime against uh, fashion, please. Mate, similar to the Crocs, my young fellow wears those uh, Nike slides uh, oh, to yeah. basketball all the time with odd, odd mixed match socks. Yeah. Do you, do you uh, call so socks and sandal thing, Adam, Adam, isn't it? I don't mind that. They all wear them. It just looks sloppy. You don't like it, Adam? Yeah. Nah. No, my son's the nah. same. Yeah. And I slide out of the slides. I can't actually, yeah. like, I'm walking along and I leave one behind. Mm. I just don't get them. And they wear socks with them as well. Yeah. You look like an English tourist with the socks. Mm. That's right. Socks and sandals is not yeah. the go forward. What about Ross? Finish it off for it, Roscoe. How are you, brother? Not too bad, boys. How are you going? Mate, well. we are good. What is your crime against fashion? My crime against fashion in the early 70s, they brought out the clogs. You wore that the clogs. Oh, wow. The clogs, yep. They give you extra two, two and a half inches in height. Mm. And they also brought out their toe socks, multicolored toe socks. Oh, yes. And they wore them both. Oh, so you had that combo going, Roscoe? 
Yeah, I had the, the toe socks I wear with the um, platform thongs. Oh. They were about the extra two, two and a half inches high. The pieces. Yeah, that's oh, a yeah. Yeah, I that's... wish it was as easy as that to get an extra two and a half inches. Oh. I tell you. Oh. <laughs> Cheers, I'll give you a loan, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk to this absolute legend. If our next guest seems a little distant and spaced out during this interview, it's probably because she actually is. She's Australia's first female astronaut, which is a fantastic title to have on a resume, unless someone misreads the part where it says floats around a lot and thinks she can't hold down a job. She grew up on the northern beaches right here in Sydney, so she probably spent a lot of time staring up at the stars on the sand. What a life, huh? We're chatting to her from Germany at the European Space Agency, which is why Gus came to work dressed in Lederhausen today. Oh, he didn't? Oh, well then, Gussie, overalls aren't working for you, man. Please welcome to the Rush Hour, Catherine Bennell-Pegg. Yes, we've got her on the line from Germany. Hi, Catherine, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, what an amazing legacy you have created, the first Australian female astronaut. You've got a couple of young girls there at home. You must be their absolute superhero. Oh, thanks so much. No, I'm having um, an absolute... Amazing experience on the training. It's really a dream come true, and uh, it's wonderful to have my family over here with me as well, of course. Catherine, what sort of training are they putting you through, and sort of what do you need to do to become an astronaut? Well, the role of an astronaut really changed since, you know, the Apollo era. We're no longer alpha male test pilots. Mm. Uh, an astronaut today is, you know, an operator of a space capsule and space station, a pilot, an engineer, a tradie, a scientist, and their subject an ambassador for their nation and a teacher. So I'm learning about all these topics uh, and looking forward to bringing the knowledge home as well. Um, just a week or so ago, actually, we were in the human centrifuge to experience the crushing forces of uh, launch and re-entry <laughs> and uh, lots of uh, interesting things like that. Uh, a girl from the Northern Beaches, um, obviously wanting to be an astronaut. When did this come into play? Because, you know, when you're going to school and university, um, I'll be honest, I never thought I was going to be an astronaut. And uh, <laughs> But you're there. How good? Well, I never thought I'd be able to make it as an Australian. You know, Australia, when I was a kid, didn't even have a space agency, let alone any path to being an astronaut. But I really still hope for it, even though I didn't believe it was very realistic. So right from when I was a young kid growing up on the northern beaches, I had that dream. And it's a really beautiful, powerful dream to have because you can work in any STEM field and apply to be an astronaut. And if you get selected, it's really the icing on the cake of that career. So I went through a selection process in Europe because I have a British passport and it was a year and a half of many, many tests, five trips to Europe, and uh, just like the movies, you know, they do every kind of test you can imagine, mm. medical tests, psychological tests, and everything, and uh, being picked was uh, a dream come true, and I'm excited, you know, not just for me, but for what this can unlock for other Australians to be involved in space too, and to be inspired into technology as well, because, you know... At first, astronauts might seem luxurious and niche, but actually an astronaut's mission is really about a big scientific program of different disciplines that use space uh, for their discoveries, and there's thousands behind each mission. What about getting into space? At some point, you're doing all the training, you're over there now. Is there a date? Is there a, an, an opportunity in your future that you will be actually up there? Oh, look, I hope so, because of what it could do for the country, but you know, it's a decision for Australia to make in time. Right now, there's no uh, flight opportunity 
are specifically the same, but that's not unusual when an astronaut's on basic training. Right now I'm focused on the training and, you know, bringing those lessons home to build up capability here. But, you know, at the end of basic training, which for me will be in April, um, I'll be graduating uh, as an astronaut, uh, astronaut candidate to astronaut. Right now I'm called an ASCAN and I'll be ready to be selected for missions to the International Space Station and beyond. Catherine, you're at the European Space Agency. Is there competitiveness against NASA? Like, is there that sort of sense <laughs> that, hang on, we, we want to get and do, you know, break new grounds before them? Actually, no, you know, we're all uh, part of a big global astronaut corps. There's mm. about uh, 50 or 60 uh, qualified astronauts across yeah. our partner nations. Um, and, you know, up in space, you rely on each other for your life. And, you know, you're locked in a tin can, in effect, for sometimes six months or more. So it's really important we get on with each other uh, while we can do uh, good science up there. It's really fantastic to talk to you. And best of luck in your training. And we can't wait to, to pick your brains when you get back to Sydney uh, when you're all finished finished up in April of next year and best of luck in getting a mission. We'll be right behind you. Thanks for your time for and chatting to us on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. I look forward to coming back and getting into school and to speaking to you as well. Thanks so much. Good on you there. Fantastic. Coming up tomorrow, more free hams. Anyone that gets on air, oh, yeah. get so the free good. ham. And Dell's going to tell us, especially the, uh, the sides that didn't play particularly well last year, what they need to do to improve and get to that top eight. It's going to be a cracking show. See you tomorrow, mate. See you tomorrow, everyone. See you later, Dell. Yeah, boys. Bye, everyone. Big See love. you at four tomorrow. Get home safe. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from four on Triple M.